Welcome to the Wesleyan Podcast. The Wesleyan Podcast. Bringing you news and financial tips for doctors, dentists, teachers and lawyers. Hello, I'm Neil Whelan and welcome to the Wesleyan Podcast. I'm joined today by Pippa Thackeray, Senior Communications Manager here at Wesleyan, who's looking after our activity for International Men's Day. Welcome to the show, Pippa. Thanks very much, Neil. So we've got two podcasts coming out this week. This is the first of those. So who have you been talking to? Sure. So as you said, to mark International Men's Day, uh, we've been talking to some of our colleagues about their experiences of fatherhood, family and work. And today we're going to be sharing John Rowe's story. Now, John uh, works in our customer operations division. And back in 2014, his four-year-old son, Riley, was diagnosed with a severe hearing impairment and later with autism. Now, the process of going through that diagnosis was really, really challenging for the whole family. And at the time, John blogged about it to really help other parents who might be facing a similar situation. So the first voice we're going to hear is David Stewart, our Chief Operating Officer, who's going to read out John's original blog post, which, as you say, was done three or four years ago. Now, John and David work in the same department, so they have a lot of interaction together, and obviously David knows what's been going on. Yep, David's also really passionate about inclusion and diversity, so he was really keen to get involved with supporting this podcast. Okay, so uh, yeah, let's see David read out John's blog post. At our two year checkup, we raised concerns that Riley's use of language had stopped. This started about 10 months of appointments and stress to find out why. Part of the process was to start ruling things out so that nothing could get missed. It's a reassuring approach, but also ridiculously frustrating. Going to so many appointments, seeing so many people, having the same conversations over and over again. Knowing that every day of not knowing is one day lost in your kid's development. One more day that Riley will have to catch up. At every appointment, you're playing Russian roulette with your kid's mood. He doesn't want to get out of the car because he doesn't know where we are. He gets engrossed with toys in the waiting room, so he refuses to see the doctor. He's in the room, but quickly becomes bored, so wants to go explore or climb. All this whilst you're trying to have a grown-up conversation with the doctor. No one tells you about the strain it can put on you as a dad. I've been told by numerous people, it's different for a mum. Yeah, it is, because a mum's bond is different to a dad's bond. Not because they have different roles, but because they are different people. It's hard to put into words the fact that at times you don't allow yourself to get upset or feel too much about what's going on. You have to be strong for your kid, your partner, your mum, dad, mother-in-law, father-in-law, siblings and friends. No one asks you to but you feel like you should because you're the dad and that's your job. You're the protector, the provider, the rock. I could go on for ages about the process and the difficulties involved, but to cut a long story short, he was diagnosed as severely deaf in addition to being autistic. We went into hospital with a healthy, happy kid expecting grommets and came out with a deaf kid, a disabled kid. The mix of emotions felt was overwhelming. An answer! A reason! Woo-hoo! And then, oh God, 
He can't hear. He's deaf. He's disabled. But is he happy? This was the end of part one of our journey. We could explain why. We had the answer we were searching for. But it started us on a very different lifelong journey with our son. The diagnosis led to another round of appointments, and then another, and another. All of this put a strain on the relationship between me and my wife. No one tells you this, but it's true. All the guilt, all the stress over appointments getting cancelled and pushed back, all the fighting to get him into an appointment room, the crying, the non-stop crying when every now and then it becomes overwhelming. The coming to terms with knowing your son is going to have to adapt to the world around him and he won't be normal. A horrible word, but you know what I mean. We are lucky. We have a good family and friends and we're good for each other. So although it put a strain on us, we dealt with it and we supported each other. The best description of dealing with a diagnosis is grieving. You grieve for the loss of the life you expected your child to have. Like any grieving process, it's personal. For me, it was quite quick and I could accept it. For my wife, it was very difficult. But that's her story to tell. 18 months on, Riley has hearing aids. If your kid has to have hearing aids, please, please don't expect the magical unveiling you see on Facebook. Videos of kids smiling, giggling, and it being this wondrous moment. It can happen, but not always. We hoped for it, but he wasn't particularly bothered and barely reacted. That doesn't mean they aren't working or will never work. But if you go in expecting this grand unveiling, this magical moment, it can be quite crushing. Through all of the hard times, when my wife or I got upset, there was always the same response that I came back to. Is he happy? The answer was, and always is, yes. We have fun at some appointments chasing him around the hospital waiting room. He loves swimming. He's a proper boy and loves playing rough, being swung around and climbing everything. He enjoys cartoons and films and gives awesome cuddles watching Monsters, Inc. He can't hear or talk, so communication is difficult. But he's figured out how to get his message across. He is amazing. He is different to what we expected we would get when we had a baby. But then life rarely gives you what you expect. If I could give a parent going through the diagnosis process any piece of advice, it would be this. Whenever it gets overwhelming or you have doubts, just ask yourself one question. Is he or she happy? I can pretty much guarantee your answer will be yes. Keep your chin up. Take pride in all of the small steps that your kid makes. Revel in them. Go to town on their successes. Things take on a significance that other parents won't get, but it doesn't matter. It's your journey with your family, so enjoy every second of it. Well, okay, right, that was 
that was a bit full on. Um, that was really emotional, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, I don't think... I mean, when I listened to it the first time, it just kind of takes your breath away. Mm. But that happens to people that you know. Yeah. So sometimes you can get very detached from, you know, hearing people's stories about having, you know, disabled children and and how they cope with it. But when you see this guy on a day-to-day basis, and, you know, I'll be honest with you, I didn't even know that he'd gone through that, so... I agree. Yeah, really powerful, really, really powerful story. I mean, thanks so much to David as well for, for reading out the blog post. Absolutely. But now we get to hear from John himself. Uh, you sat down with him to talk through how his life's been over the last three or four years. And, uh, yeah, let's go to that. John, welcome and thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. <laughs> You're welcome. The extract that we just heard, that was a few years ago now. Yeah. Um, how have things moved on since then? Um, so that was probably about three or four years ago. Um, and I think it ended with Riley just started to wear his hearing aid. Well, just been given his hearing aids. Um, so it took us two years for him to consistently wear his hearing aids. Um, lots of fighting, lots of tears, lots of battling. Um, bribery was the thing that broke it in the end. So lots of consistent bribery. Um, since then we also went through we, came, we continued with the diagnosis for autism um, he officially got his diagnosis probably about 18 months after that blog post was written so he'd been diagnosed with autism and as yet an undiagnosed learning dif- disability um, we're not going to pursue figuring out what that disability is everyone said it doesn't really make it's just another label um, he's already getting speech and language therapy support um, loads of support from school, so he's got like everything he needs. He's just going to be another label and another load of tests and assessments and all that kind of stuff that he doesn't like doing. So we ain't going to put him through it because he's just not worth upsetting him just for another label. So, so yes, it's since since then that's where we've kind of progressed to. And what's a what's a typical day like for you, family? <laughs> um, typical typical school day is varied. Typical doesn't really exist. Typical is driven by what mood Riley's in, as there's a lot of stuff that we do. Um, day, normal day at school can be anything from today, for example, he woke up at 10 to 2 this morning mm-hmm. after going to bed at about half eight, nine o'clock. He was up till five o'clock, then went back to sleep. So we ended up trying to get him to go to school at about 10 o'clock, completely kicked off, full mental breakdown. Kicking, lashing out, fighting, blah, 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 blah. Um, so he's not going into school today. So that's kind of like one end of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. Other days, like this Monday was the first day back after half term. Is it this Monday or the Monday after before? We fully expected a meltdown. We fully mm-hmm. expected a battle. Actually, he got up. He had his breakfast pancake like he normally does. He got dressed nicely. He picked the toys that he takes because every day when he goes to school, he has one of those massive big blue Ikea bags full of teddies probably three of those, a bag of DVDs, and they're kind of his equivalent of a safety blanket. When he gets to school, he, doesn't, he can take them into school, but his teachers are like, no, you can take two toys out of it and the rest go in a cupboard. And it kind of works. So he's, he's got his little safety blanket that he feels mm-hmm. comfortable taking, and then he kind of he doesn't overload the class with everything. So he can, he can be really good, and he can go to school really, really nice, and those mornings are amazing. Um, but he, like I said, he can have... A complete opposite morning, which is up most of the night. I've had many, many a days coming to work where he's been up since two o'clock, three o'clock, and that's the start of his day until nine o'clock at night. Wow. Um, but yeah, so he can be anything from like really nice, like a normal kid in inverted mm-hmm. commas going to school, 
to yeah, full on meltdowns, won't get dressed, won't leave the house, playing silly beggars, delay tactics. Oh, I forgot this one toy that he never takes to school, but all of a sudden he's like the most important thing. Um, reenacting scenes from DVDs are kind of like a must do on certain days when he another delaying tactic. So yeah, that's a normal day, and bedtime can be again it can be quite nice it can be quite pleasant whereby we'll go to bed we'll sit and watch a DVD or a film like Sunday night we sat and we watched Peter Pan he's never watched Peter Pan before but I was like great that's something new and he sat and he watched Peter Pan and then he'll just go to sleep watching the film and that's like lovely Um, and we do give him melatonin to help him switch off because he doesn't switch off Mm. naturally or Mm. it takes a lot to wind down other nights can be midnight and it's not necessarily fighting and battling, but it's just he won't switch off. Give him melatonin, and he still won't switch off. And it'll still be, I need a toilet 20 times in the space of two or three hours. It's kind of probably what most of the parents go through, but in an extreme. Um, he's Once he gets something stuck in his head, that's it. And he won't move on until that thing kind of gets done or kind of he does what he wants to. Sometimes you can distract him and stuff, but other times you kind of just got to let him get whatever it is out of his system and eventually he does but then there's 12 o'clock so he can be up at 3 o'clock and start the day again so yeah t- typical doesn't kind of exist we have we have a broad spectrum spectrum much like autism so we'll have like a spectrum of a normal day and we'll have a horrific day which mm. is just battling from getting up through to getting him to bed and mm. everything in between so it's and meanwhile, the impact on, on you and your wife then as you may have one of those really difficult mornings and then you have yep. to come into work as well. What's fun. that like? There's so much fun. Um, it depends. Again, if it's like a one-off, it's not too bad because it's... If like you've had three, four, five days of it being relatively nice... It's out of the it goes to kind of being an unexpected out of the ordinary thing. If it's we've had weeks before where Monday he got up at like three o'clock for the day for the whole day until bedtime. Tuesday he was fine. Wednesday he did exactly the same thing as Monday. Thursday was fine. Friday did exactly the same thing, and that just wears you down. Just like anybody that's got a newborn will kind of it's a one off is fine. It's that kind of that constant lack of sleep and that. It's horrible. It's so kind of like draining, mentally and physically. Mm. Doing anything when you're knackered is painful. But trying to kind of break a meltdown or kind of be patient or do that kind of stuff, it's just, that's really hard. And then it gets into like you do with anyone. You know, you get snappy, you get kind of short-tempered, all that kind of stuff. Just like any anyone does in a relationship, it's just everything's more... Yeah. Everything's that little bit more difficult, that little mm. bit more challenging, that little bit more regular for the like the not nice parts of it. Um, but we're lucky, um, you know. We've got grandparents and my brother; they have sleepovers and stuff to help us. Like it's randomly, like the mother-in-law will just kind of go, "We're having tonight," and it's like, "What? Sorry, what? Hey, where's that come from?" But it's like, "Oh, brilliant!" Or like, you know, my mum and dad will have him, and we'll go out, and we'll, you know, we say, "Oh, we'll go out for food," and we'll go to the cinema. We go out to food, get in a food coma, come home, and just like we're just so exhausted, we can't even face going and sitting in the cinema. So it's, yeah, it's again, it's kind of like having a newborn, but in a slightly different way. But in terms of like the the feeling of kind of that 
lack of sleep and that kind of not really having a routine kind of thing it's it's just that but he's seven and it's been that since being a newborn kind of thing so it's yeah challenging in your blog post you talk about riley's personality and his his hobbies what he loves so four years on how would you describe him Oh, God. Um, I think I say in the blog post that he's part monkey, probably. That's kind of calmed down, which is brilliant, but it's kind of now developed into rather than trying to, like, climb over next door and escape from school and stuff, he's now, he's like a proper boy. He's a proper seven-year-old that likes to fight. He likes to wrestle. He likes to play rough. Um, but he's... And how does he communicate his point? I imagine being autistic and um, deaf as well, yeah. that clearly brings communication challenges. Yeah, just a little bit. Um, it's kind of weird because we communicate with him quite well, um, which is weird because we don't really communicate, which doesn't make any sense. But like, he's got a very limited vocabulary in terms of um, the signs that he knows. There's no no vocal kind of communication at all um, he makes noises and stuff but it's just kind of like a toddler babbling it's nonsensical um, but yeah he's got a very limited vocabulary in terms of like he, he can say toilet drink food um, other bits and bobs like that he's got he's made his own sign for the entire Toy Story cast so off his own back he's just he's got his own Toy Story cast signs which is brilliant in the morning because when he's trying to get his toys together he will go through ten different characters and he do his own sign for each one and it's like it's so sweet and cute um, but in terms of getting his message across it's sometimes it's as basic as he'll grab your hand and he'll pull you and he'll go I want that thing or pick me up so I can show you or I can have a look at that thing is it an age now where he's big enough strong enough and stupid enough to kind of do a lot of stuff for himself and I think we've just got into the habit now of we know how to read what he wants and it's not necessarily communication in the typical sense of kind of like talking mm. or kind of asking for stuff it's picking up on those sort of hints mm. and knowing kind of what he likes and how has Wesleyan helped to support you through this Wes has been really good from the get-go um Obviously, just like any newborn, you kind of get your paternity and all that kind of stuff. It's all really nice. You get your nice little hamper from the ways from HR. You still don't really still do. I assume you do. Um, but then up to kind of like in varying ways. So like when, when we first found out and he got diagnosed as deaf, I was part of the, what is now called, but used to be life and pensions management team. And we were quite close and kind of, that was my little like in-work support network. And they were the, probably the first people I spoke to about it. And just having that element was really nice and having that support network at work was brilliant. Um, and then also like managers, so my current manager is Nick and his manager is Dave. Um, they're just like awesome and I can't thank them or give their praise enough for kind of what they do. And it's kind of, they don't do anything big or major or particularly probably out of the ordinary from what anyone would expect, but it's just... If I'm having a tough morning where he's just being an absolute little animal, um, I can just drop a text and go, look, it's one of those mornings, I'm going to be late, I'll be in as soon as I can. Mm. And I don't, I know I don't need to send that text message, but I do, because they are so good. Like, they will know, if I'm late, they will know why. They don't, and it's never, it's never discussed, it's never brought up, it's never an issue, and it's never like a... 
is it okay? Is it that kind? It's just it's always you do what you got to do for your family. Come in when you can come in. It's fine. Don't worry. Same with appointments. Like we went when we we're going through the whole cochlear implant process and the autism diagnosis and all that kind of stuff. So many appointments to try and keep track of, and I'd forget so many. Like, oh, like completely forgot I've got this, this appointment this afternoon is there any chance yeah of course there is like just you've got any meetings or anything you need me to pick up mm. just go it's fine just like go and do it they value me and my family as people first and as employees second which is kind of probably the best way to explain it and that's not bro nosing to the manager or anything it's just it's the way they've dealt with it and the way they've kind of understood and not ask questions what well, they do but kind of like not in a HRE type vibe um, it's very supportive and it's like it just doesn't matter I never have to worry about falling foul of HR rules or getting pulled up for absence and that kind of stuff they're just awesome like it's just it's so nice to not have a worry because like when, when it is a bad week or a bad day work isn't an issue I can come in late and I can help Lucy take Riley to school and if that takes to half ten to get him into school, I don't get until mm. eleven, half eleven. So what? And that is our show for this week. Thank you to Pippa, John, and David. Pippa, who's on the podcast for the next episode? We've got three of our colleagues actually, um, who are going to be sharing their stories on some topics as wide ranging as adoption, fostering, and the realities of being a single dad. So make sure you tune in for that. Okay. Well, we'll look forward to listening to those. Uh, as for everything else Wesleyan related, you can go to wesleyan.co.uk, follow us on Twitter at Wesleyan, on Instagram at Wesleyan underscore UK, and search for us on Facebook and LinkedIn. But that's it from me and Pippa for now. So until next time, thanks for listening. Bye-bye.